Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Arone Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. First pod of the new year here. Wild card weekend. Always a fun time. After kind of the slog of the last few weeks here, we're, we're locked and loaded with our wild card matchups and, uh, we sure got a pretty exciting slate on the board. So it's, it's fun. And I uh, can't wait to, to get Robin here and break it down. So let's bring him in right away. How you doing there, Crabber? Uh, doing pretty well. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a uh, fun holiday season, and now it's kind of nice to have that be over with and get kind of get back in the normal swing of things here and get going in the new year and start that off with uh, some some fun, meaningful football, which is kind of nice for a change. Yeah, exactly. It's like you said, the whole work week and everything gets screwed up with having the New Year's on uh, Wednesday there just kind of switches things up for sure. Just kind of makes the whole, uh, you know, today to me it felt like a Monday for sure on a Thursday. And, uh, now you're going to go right back into the weekend. Just kind of crazy how that works out. Just the, you know, the weird schedule and the holidays. So yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. Had a good time, but definitely ready to get back to a little bit of sense of normalcy. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Well, let's, uh, start it off and uh, do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how uh, how did week seventeen treat you then to wrap up the season, or the regular season yeah. at least? Yeah, regular season wrap up uh, week seventeen for me is uh, slightly positive, so definitely in a, in a positive, good direction to end the things. But still, you know, I felt like again, kind of left some stuff on the table. Uh, just felt like I had some good plays there. I had a pretty big card actually for week seventeen. Usually, it's a pretty small card. Uh, being, you know, the uncertainty and stuff. I thought this week 17 card this year was actually pretty, you know, pretty gettable. I think there were some, some good opportunities and uh, you can see that on my release plays. Uh, you know, it went three and two also with a big, a little bit of a money line play there on Cincy. Just didn't really get that line move or not necessarily the line move, but didn't get that line to begin with. We talked about it in the pod last week and since he had full control of that game, ended up winning outrights. So that one got there relatively easily. I know it was, they had that one long, Fourth and eight or whatever it was, or fourth, or no, fourth and twenty, I think, or some long play that they got uh, at the end, of the, towards the end of the game there that kept Cleveland in it. That I thought that was going to maybe turn turn uh, the up, upside down on that play, but ended up getting there uh, and holding. So that was a pretty easy play. Got f- fairly fortunate in that Atlanta game to get over. I guess it depends on when you look at it. It did get to overtime and Winston threw that pick six, which ended up pushing the game over. Otherwise, it would have stayed under uh, the release number at forty eight, but. Um, at, at halftime, they, I don't know what the score was, but they scored like, uh, 22 16. Yeah, 22 16. Yeah, 38, 38 half. And then before that, uh, the last minute there to get the field goal and then the overtime, yeah, there's three or six points scored in the whole second half. So yeah, just, uh, you know, hard to, and, and one of those deals too, I know I mentioned it the week before. I know you were on that for a pick of the week when they had that Saturday game with Tampa and 
you know, same type of deal. It was well on pace to go over in the first half, and there's a bunch of opportunities left. They had the pick six in the, you know, in the end zone, or not pick six, the interception in the end zone, and some turnovers when they're going forward and fourth down on the 30 and stuff, and a lot of things that went wrong for that total to go over, and it's still uh, uh, kind of similar here in this fashion of last week. But, uh, yeah, this one ended up getting over where the week before it didn't get over. But, yeah, it just seems like uh, kind of crazy how these every one of these Tampa games seems like they should be going over in a in a hurry and they end up, uh, for at least from the first half perspective, and then end up not getting over or barely slipping over like this one did. So, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, look at it kind of fortunate. But then uh, definitely the wrong side on that Washington. They just didn't really show up. Kind of hung with Dallas there for a little bit but ended up not there. And then pretty much the opposite for Baltimore. Just had full control of that game against Pittsburgh, and then the Seattle game, I think, is the biggest one uh, left to be desired there. Kind of just unfortunate. It's, I think, I know we talked about it there. At, after it happened, pretty great game if you did watch that San Francisco-Seattle game Sunday night, but it definitely put a cap on my season, that's for sure. Kind of out of it right away. It seemed like it was a bad pick, and they kind of clawed their way back in and ended up definitely should have been able to win there. I know getting that last drive, they were a pretty big favor there to win the game outright, let alone cover the spread, so... Um, pretty frustrating fashion there. They had a couple calls go against them. Uh, couldn't quite get in there on that one inch line. So end up turning it over and, and losing the play. So yeah, like I said, kind of caps off a pretty good fitting end for my end of the season for football. Just been a horrific, uh, NFL and college season for me personally. So, uh, yeah, but all, at the end of the day, week 17 is slightly profitable. Hopefully we can take some profit here into the playoffs. Yeah. I had, uh, starting to get a little stride here as the season's over. I went two and one and I had, uh, Couple of common plays with you at Washington. Yeah, it was just never, never really there. And then, uh, the Atlanta over, which I don't think was that lucky to get there based on the halftime score, but had yeah, looking at the last couple of minutes was, uh, was nice the way that whole thing went down. Jameis getting his, his 30, 30 for 30, uh, you know, 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns was a fitting way to make that happen with a pick six there to end his season. So that was kind of interesting. And then, um, yeah, I had Cleveland over. Cleveland Cincy over, which that was another one that at halftime was also pretty much never in doubter and soared over the total by, uh, by 13 points. So pretty solid, uh, two in one week to, to end the season and kind of start some upward momentum here. It's kind of too bad that, uh, that was it because I felt like, yeah, I was just kind of starting to catch a stride here again. So hopefully that continues into the playoffs, but overall, not bad. Got, uh, got my pick of the week home. Uh, with Kansas City, I was going to release that as a play too, but then the line moved it up to 10, which would have been a push, so didn't really matter whether I would release that or not, but ended up sneaking in there for a point to square it up with you for picks of the week for the year, even though neither of us were all that impressive. Uh, yeah, I got it back, so at least I didn't lose the, uh, the pick of the week crown to you for the year. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, not, not too shabby of a week 17, so. Uh, let's go to the next segment here and do a getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right. So I know there's a handful of qualifiers here this week. You want to go through them? Yeah. Like we talked about in the pre-segment, uh, you know, uh, pre, pre-prepping for the, the pod here. Yeah. You'd think there'd be a lot just out of the principle of how much line movement there is. So you can get a, you know, better numbers, but surprisingly, most of them won't really have anything to do with that. It's just more of just a, a slow move. Uh, based on market, uh, as opposed to information based. So yeah, we'll get into them here. I actually have five, so we'll, uh, jump, try to jump into them here quick. First one I have is Atlanta, Tampa Bay total, uh, precursor there to the, what we said in the first segment, uh, this one opened 50. I think it was even higher than that, if I remember right, but that's what I think with the Westgate opener I have in my notes, so I'll just go with that. Um, came quite a bit lower there, 
48, 48 and a half. I know me personally, 47 and a half. So that was definitely available at one point too. It did get a little bit of buyback, uh, over, uh, went a little bit up and over, uh, before kickoff. But yeah, so it closed 48, 48 and a half. And that one landed 28 to 22 right on 50. So, um, uh, if you got that under opener, you could have for sure pushed. But like I said, I think there were some better numbers out there before that. Just kind of going with the widely available numbers. So it's a pretty good example there. The next one, Green Bay, Detroit. A little bit more nitpicky um, for at least for uh, the opener, but this one I know it's 41 and a half in my notes, but I know it got bet up pretty quickly. I know actually that was the deal with the Monday night, and I forgot with the Green Bay. So we bet it before the Monday night game against the Vikings. There they opened the total there on Sunday, and then they took it off and then reopened it Tuesday morning um, to, to 43. So yeah, again 41 and a half before Monday night, and then uh, 43 is what they opened Tuesday morning. For this total, and this one climbed up a little bit, closed 43 and a half or 44, and then landed right on 43, which is 23 to 20 was the final. Um, so you could at least got a push there from the opener. If you bet it over, otherwise, uh, under the play. Uh, or sorry. Yeah. So anyway, next one, uh, Chargers at Kansas City. You were on this one as well. So we got, uh, took advantage of both of these, either in the pick of the week or release play. And this one opened Kansas City seven and a half or eight and got as high as 10. Um, pretty much 10 across the board, I think, was the closer. A few 10 and a half, a few 9 and a half, but from the consensus for sure was 10, and that one landed right on 10, 31 to 21. Um, a little bit closer for a game, we'll get to that one here in a little bit, uh, with that game. Um, the next one was the Arizona Rams game. This one was on the board when we did the podcast, but this one ended up opening, I believe it was Friday night or Saturday morning. I think it, uh, it was open, Rams six and a half, I think, was pretty much a consensus, and then, uh, this one closed. Did not all, not a huge movement, but there was quite a few sevens available at close. So, uh, this one landed on seven, 31 to 24. And finally, the San Francisco Seattle total opened 47 and closed uh, anywhere from 47 to 48. So that was probably the, the worst example, but I figured I'd throw it in because it does qualify. It landed, uh, right on 47, final score 26 to 21. So yeah, a lot of them there, five of them in total and, uh, all of them just another <laughs> reoccurring examples of, uh, why getting the best numbers so, so crucial and so important here, uh, betting the NFL. Yeah, there, there we go, for sure. Uh, nice to, uh, emphasize that very emphatically here to, uh, close out the season. Cause I always strive it over and over again, but that's one of the most important things you can do. Regardless of whether you, you know, agree with our, our takes on games or, you know, have good, good or bad takes yourself. Just making sure you get the best of the numbers, uh, gonna be the most, most important factor of how profitable or, uh, how much you lose. And uh, the best way to do that is to get yourself a handful of different shops where you have accounts at and you can, you know, put in a pick where you look at a handful of places and, yeah, do a little shopping as opposed to just putting it in blindly wherever it's at. All right. Uh, well, should we get in uh, start talking about the playoff games here, Rob? Yeah, pretty excited here for the slate. Let's get into them. All right. So, first of all, we have uh, the Saturday games, both AFC games, and I'll People have mentioned this repeatedly now. I'm sure you've heard it a handful of times throughout the course of the week, but pretty interesting here with uh, AFC going going first on Saturday and then NFC coming on Sunday. I don't know if they've ever done this. I sure don't remember a year where they have. But first up, we have Buffalo heading to Houston. And uh, Houston laying two and a half here at home with some extra juice and a total of 44. Yeah, and like uh, this week I'll do every week, it'll be a little bit different. Obviously, we don't have any look headlines available because we didn't know the matchups, but I'll still get my power rating number. Uh, just a, a base estimate or base, uh, you know, so starting point for sure of the handicap, and then I'll also give the opener and the total uh, from the Westgate where that uh, the, these games open. So, yeah, this one, Buffalo at Houston. 
My power rate number comes in Houston three and a half as a favorite. Uh, the opener here was Houston minus three, and the total here opened 41 and a half. We're seeing a lot of movement over the total here. This is a, one of the bigger movers on the total. We've seen a, actually the totals move a decent amount here on a couple of these games. Um, and then the, the, as well as the spread, and this is one for sure. Uh, there's two of my kind of jumped off the page for me that I was kind of surprised of the opener or at least where the current market is. And this one, I'm really surprised where the current market is. I, I saw this one open at three, like I said, at, um, a three flat and I ended up betting that just out of principle. I figured, you know, there, there wasn't going to get lower than three. I just thought that was a pretty good bargain. Obviously my power rate numbers suggest three and a half and it just seems like a game when I run through my handicap, it seems like a game that Maybe not three and a half, but you'd think it'd be a, a pretty good juiced up three on Houston. And the fact that we're seeing uh, reduced juice, uh, Buffalo or yeah, Buffalo reduced juice at two plus two and a half just seems like uh, I don't I don't I don't get a whole lot. When I saw the move coming down to two and a half, it just really really caught me by surprise. I, that was one of the bigger shocks of where the line's been moving so far this week. Probably the only big one for me so far. And uh, I still don't get it to this day. I mean, like, there's some other games where you kind of look at it. even that the Minnesota game, which we'll get into, it kind of uh, was surprised at first. And the more you dig into it, it kind of makes sense. But this one was surprised at first, and I'm still to this day kind of just everything I listen to and uh, the digging into the numbers and and running my handicap. It just seems it just seems too low. I don't know. Not not like it's gonna be a huge play for me, but like I said, I already have money on Houston at three, which is a bad number. But I'm for sure gonna be loading up at two and a half. I just feel like. Houston's a better team here. I give them three full three points for home field. Um, so, like I said, power rate numbers think it should be three and a half. I think it should be three and a half. And I haven't really heard anything other than uh, other people I've listened to that I respect. I mean, it seems like they're on Buffalo uh, a little bit, but I don't really hear any good reasons why other than Houston's choked in the playoffs. And to me, uh, I think, if anything, that's a good buy sign for Houston. I mean, they've they've been in the playoffs here. They've you know, what do they hear from the news and the media outlets is that they've, you know, get to the playoffs and they can't win a playoff game under Bill O'Brien and uh, Watson hasn't been able to get it done. And I think this team is kind of, you know, just looking at the numbers, perfect example too. They're, they're kind of the underdog here of where they should be uh, from a market perspective. They're just not getting much respect or much love. And I feel like this is a team where if they can get that underdog type of role, even though they are a favorite, I understand that, but just kind of getting the nobody believes in this type of, sediment in the locker room I just feel like this is a deal where they can come out and, uh, and and be pretty explosive and Buffalo on the other hand I mean they're they haven't been in the playoffs much at all they've kind of been a you know been the the little brother to the New England and now they're kind of getting in a bigger role where they've played them tough and played them good here uh this year and made the playoffs now and kind of getting some monkeys out their back I just seems like this is a role I don't know if they're ready for and, and I, I don't really like the, the quarterback uh matchup either so there are a few concerns with Houston but um, especially with the wide receiver. Uh, but it just comes down to, I just feel like there's a lot of value here on Houston. And, and I think, like I said, not like it's going to be a huge play, but just from a number perspective, I think you got to bet Houston on this game. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I was surprised that there's a little bit of money on, on Buffalo right away. Cause I, I knew there's going to be some support for Buffalo, but it just, I don't know the the fact that people are, are pretty uh pretty high on Josh Allen on the road in a playoff game just was a little bit surprising to me. Especially when a couple of years ago Buffalo went went down to Jacksonville and I think they ended up covering, but I remember everybody was just assuming they were gonna lose that game and thought they were a total fraud and and just there was a lot of negative sentiment around the Bills. And now this year, uh you know, ten and six, pretty solid. They they didn't try it all against the Jets the last game, so maybe you take that loss with a grain of salt. But when you look at their their uh their schedule I mean, they they really 
it wasn't all that, it wasn't all that impressive. I mean, it's just, I mean, they beat the Titans before the quarterback change, which, you know, I give them credit for that because the Titans have been pretty good. And then they beat the Cowboys at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which I think a lot of people are giving them a lot of credit for. But I don't, they didn't beat, uh, outside of that Titans win, they didn't beat one playoff team all year. And the only, the only top opportunities they, or the only, like, even against the, I should say the only playoff teams they did play, it was the, the Ravens and the Pats twice, and then the Eagles. And they got somewhere between lost and embarrassed in all those games. So I think they're an okay team. And then I think it goes back to how good do you think Houston is? Do you think Houston's a playoff team? Or do you think they're just, uh, hey, someone had to win the AFC South and Houston's already really not all that great? And I would say they're not like a Super Bowl contender, but I would say they're, they're in the caliber of, I mean, they, you know, they took it to, the Pats at home earlier in the year, and they, they've had a couple of, of you know, step-up games, whereas Buffalo really hasn't, and they're not a team that, hey, I, I do think defense travels fairly well, so I'll give I'll give uh, Buffalo a little bit of credit for that, but I just, I really haven't been impressed whatsoever with Josh Allen at quarterback, and if, if this is a game where they ask him to go in there and win this game, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence he will, and I think there's, if you look at the range of outcomes in this game, it seems like the there's a shootout capability for the Houston offense, where if they get clicking and put up some points, I just don't think Buffalo's going to be able to match. And and maybe Buffalo's defense gets the job done themselves, and, and that's definitely a possibility betting Houston here. And it's a little bit scary, but in, the, in a game like this, where you're laying less than a field goal at home, uh, and I think you have the better team, it, it just it seems to me like it's a pretty clear-cut case to just bet Houston. I mean, no outcome would necessarily surprise me, but I just, I just think the value is there. I thought this was going to be somewhere like, I thought it was going to be on the top, you know, the high side of three, maybe trending towards three and a half, not, not the other side. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot more to say other than what you said and, and, uh, and, you know, my, my additions here, but to me, it just seems like, uh, it's absolutely a little bit of value on Houston and that's the, that's the side I'll be betting here. So. Looks like we'll be uh, in lockstep here, and hopefully we can start it off with the uh, early Saturday winner. Yeah, and I just want to mention, I kind of dove into the handicap and kind of forgot to mention it, but one of the bigger, biggest uh, factors, too, in this game is, I know I mentioned the last year, I think maybe the last couple of years, and uh, I don't think it has anything to do with us, but it's funny how much more uh, pronounced it's been. I've heard it on several different outlets now for podcasts or radio shows that have brought it up now, so it's kind of frustrating that it's more, like I said, more, well known across uh, the media, but it comes down to the the wild card round here. There's a, a trend that's been going on for I don't know 10, 20 years. Been a long time that uh, the first round of the playoffs, you just take the simple simple formula. Whoever has the stronger strength of schedule in the regular season, you just blindly bet that team. And just doing that, like I said, very simple has been very very profitable. Uh, almost almost 70 percent of a clip of of hitting it with a, against a spread record, and even straight up has worked really well as as well. So um, and then it even gets stronger as the strength of schedule is different by more than about, I think, like 10 or 15 uh, slots uh, ranking-wise. So um, this is a good example here. I'll just go through that and then each game just so you can kind of get the idea. But this is another strong indicator for me, and that's another reason why I bet it, figuring that, like you said, I said it before, uh, that this game would get up into the high threes or three and a half. It's just the whole strength of schedule difference. And uh, I'll get into it now. Houston has a strength of schedule 
if I go by Jeff Sagan's ratings, which is just, uh, you can use any one of them. They're probably going to be pretty similar the way they do it. So it's just a good ballpark and something easy. But, um, by his, he has it as, uh, Houston Texans rank is the seventh of strength of schedule and difficulty. So they have the seventh hardest schedule that's saying. And, and meanwhile, the Bills have, uh, the 29th easiest, uh, 29th hardest schedule, which would be, you know, the third easiest in the, in the league. So that's a huge difference there. Um, one of the bigger discrepancies you're going to see. So you take that into account. And like I said, I have a good enough evidence and support for the handicap without that. But you had to add that into it. That makes it even stronger of a case for the, the Houston side for me. And, uh, that's a, a trend that I'm not going to buck for sure. And then you add into, uh, you know, obviously going to strengthen the handicap. So yeah, that's something for sure to look at and, uh, definitely supports here pretty strongly for the Houston side as well. Yeah. And for that a little bit, I mean, and it matches up. Like it's not just like a random stat that doesn't have any logic or rhyme or reason to it, where it just makes a ton of sense if you look at it. And, uh, you know, like, so Houston this year, I kind of mentioned it a little before when they blew out the Pats on that Sunday night, but you look at it, they, they beat the Titans at the Titans, uh, week, what was that week 15 when the Titans were kind of, uh, on their roll. So that's you know, obviously a pretty impressive win. And then they, uh, they beat the Chiefs. But back and that was that was a Mahomes game I'm pretty sure, and uh, I remember they went in there was that uh, well, that was an afternoon game but yeah that was Mahomes was still in there it wasn't a lot or it wasn't a Matt Moore game so going into KC and winning that game is pretty dang impressive and then uh, the other one was the opener against the Saints at, in New Orleans that was Drew Brees and everything and they ended up losing that game by two but I remember I I bet them get catching like eight or ten or something ridiculous. Uh, week one, and they ended up blowing that game late, and the Saints won by two, but they still were right in that game. So when you got Houston going toe to toe with the elites in the league, the only game that was really a total dud for them was the uh, the time when they went to Baltimore and got absolutely annihilated against the Ravens. So if they do happen to match up with them again, that might be a potential poor matchup for them. But at least they've had a little bit more battle tested, and I think that strength of schedule just totally reflects that. When we look at Buffalo. It's like, yeah, you can only play who's in front of you, but any time they've ever stepped up in class, even a little bit, it uh, hasn't gone well. So, yeah, uh, I, I uh, no need to keep going with that anymore, but uh, just more reason to feel better about Houston there for me. Yeah, I, I will All say, right. too, like I said, I want to get into it, but it's, it is funny just uh, as a side, a side there about how these markets, you just kind of get a sense that these markets are respecting Buffalo, or we talked about it, you know, four to six weeks ago, and I was like, I just don't understand these numbers with Buffalo, and I bet them a decent amount, just felt like you're getting quite a bit of value. And the one that sticks out to me is the Thanksgiving Day going into Dallas and how much, I mean, they're getting like seven or six and a half or seven there. Just funny how the markets, you can kind of, you can kind of get the sense here, they just kind of shifted, and they're kind of getting a lot of respect for Buffalo, and, and, and it, it correlates too, because everybody I'm listening to that seems like that's what they're like is the Buffalo side here. For whatever reason, it's attracted to people, so I don't know, it's just kind of funny how Seems like when everyone jumps to a side, that's the perfect time to jump off here and uh, you know bet against them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, alrighty, uh, Saturday night then, eight fifteen Eastern time. The other AFC game, we got the Titans of Tennessee heading to New England, and it looks like the Pats here are laying five at home with a total of forty four and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is New England minus six. Westgate opened New England five and a half, and the total here opened forty three and a half. A little bit moving over on the total, and then the point spread here dipped down for a little bit. A little bit of Tennessee money came in early, and now we're kind of seeing a little bit of support back for the, the Patriots here. So it kind of looks like a two-way, you know, split action game here, a uh, double-sided. 
Uh, we're getting, you know, like I said, split action and in a game where I really don't have much of an opinion on. I mean, Power Rain suggests here would be a, a lean to the New England side, and that'd be the only way I could look. I'm, I'm not going to take Tennessee here. It seems like kind of a little bit, little bit of a trap for me. Um, it just almost seems too easy for Tennessee. It just seems like, uh, oh, they got the better quarterback and their offense can, you know, they got the running down and everything and their defense is playing okay. And then New England just looks like they're lifeless and lost against Miami outright there and they're dead. And I don't know. I, I, I could see it becoming to an end of an era here with Belichick and Brady. And, and it kind of seems like the end is near if it's not already there. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I've done this enough here where I've, I've faded them when they've looked bad and it just doesn't seem like a good spot. I mean, if you look for like a, a spot perspective only, it just screams New England, obviously. I mean, Tennessee having to win that game there to get into the playoffs, uh, to make the playoffs. And then they ended up looking pretty good. But again, it's against the backups, uh, uh the backups last week uh, of Houston. And then you have uh, New England that, you know, lost outright one of the biggest upsets in NFL history uh, from a point spread perspective being 17 and a half point closing favorites. I've only seen that a couple other times in, in history. So, I mean, they just couldn't be any more down from a market perspective uh, after last week. And then, uh, and then, like I said, there's everything screams from a pop, spot perspective of, of New England here uh, with everything else included. But I just the reason I don't bet it or have a big bet on it at all is just I just don't really trust this team. And, and like I said, I think this end might be might be here or near. So it just comes down to I just don't have enough faith in, in this team. And I, I won't be shocked at all if they did lose. But like I said, I just don't really think there's a whole lot of value or, or like I said, spot wise is a good spot for for the for Brady and, and Belichick. So yeah, for me, I think the numbers pretty much right where it should be, maybe a tad higher. And I just don't have enough value to, to take a take a number here. And I really don't have an opinion on the total either. So this is this, to me a pretty easy stay away game as opposed to the the first game that I had a pretty strong opinion on. And one thing I will mention too, just like I will with every other game in the last two games as well, is the strength of schedule here. So this one's a little bit more uh, similar. But uh, still a little bit of a difference. So the Patriots here have the 30th ranked uh, strength of schedule, so the second easiest. So, yeah, that's a, a big, big difference. And then uh, and Tennessee is the 23rd ranked strength of schedule. So only seven, seven slots of difference. So still you know, the, 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 um, the theory or the trend would be pointing to the Titan side in Tennessee. But, again, it's not more than 10. And I don't know, it just, that seems to me it's not quite as extreme where I wouldn't bet solely on that for sure. That's definitely could be part of the handicap, but not something that's going to scare me away even from, um, you know, if you, if you had a strong case for New England, I think you could still be fine with it. It's not as egregious as the last game, but, uh, still, that looks at the Tennessee side here. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel overly strongly about this one either. Uh, I think there's a little bit of value on Tennessee because I just, I just don't think the Patriots have a good enough offense to be to be laying anything basically more than a field goal against a competent team. And I I've kind of went back and forth on Tennessee all year. I I wasn't really a fan early, and then when they made the Tannehill switch, I kind of jumped on board a little bit. And then they, the first couple results really weren't all that impressive to me, and I kind of jumped off board. Uh, now I'm not really sure exactly where I stand on Tennessee. I don't think they're a true contender. But I also have got to give them credit for they've been playing some pretty good football here for a while. Um, that, then again, like you look at really what they've done, and like the the one win I give them is that Chiefs win, which I remember I bet the Chiefs decently heavy on the money line and uh, you know, put them in a couple parlays and stuff, and um, that was super frustrating. I thought again the Chiefs should have won. Other than that. You know, they, they beat the Jags and the banged up Colts and the Raiders, who I don't know much about, you know, who, I don't, I don't give them a lot of credit for that. And then, 
the Texans last week they had nothing to play for, and then two weeks ago they played the Saints when they had nothing to play for, uh, when uh, the Titans had nothing to play for, so you can't really take much out of the last two games at all. And then they uh, they lost to the Texans at home in a big, big game in, in week 15. So when you look at their body of work, it's, I mean, it's really not all that impressive either. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of big wins. Uh, you know, I guess their biggest win there is that Chiefs game. Other than that, it's not impressive whatsoever. I don't know if they, I don't think they even beat another winning team. So I think the Titans could be more of a product of, of a pretty weak schedule as well. But then, like you said, you look at the Patriots and they got a weaker schedule according to the strength of schedule metrics. And they got, you know, drilled by the Ravens and the Texans and, and they've had a pretty rough stretch here. The loss of the Chiefs and weren't really that competitive. And, uh, so I, to me, it's more so like even losing to the Dolphins last week for the Patriots isn't a good sign. And in a game that they absolutely were trying just to, to get the bye. I think that's troubling, but I think the more troubling thing for me if I'm backing the Pats is, or a Pats fan, you know, just rooting for them to go deep is it seems like every time they've stepped up in class, they've had a lot of issues. And I think, I think it's just the thing I've brought up here pretty repeatedly is they just don't seem to have any playmakers on offense. And I think against good teams, the, you know, game plan and the, the good defense is enough to get them by. But when they have to put a game together where they need a good defensive effort and, uh, some some offensive contributions more than the bare minimum. I just don't think it's there against against the better teams. So I don't know if Tennessee is going to be that team or not. And I know last year in the playoffs, I love the Chargers heading to New England. And I think it was in a similar point spread range, and uh, they just got absolutely destroyed. But I so it's like I, I you know I don't want to go down that same path again. But the same, and I actually like the Chargers team a decent amount more than I like this Tennessee team. But to me, I just think the X factor is is New England. Like you kind of said, is this the end of their dynasty or not? And it just, boy, it just really hasn't looked impressive for a while. And, you know, I've, I don't know. I, I would say everyone just kind of expecting New England here to, to flip a switch in the postseason and, and be the, the Pats of old. But I can't really say that, uh, you know, totally genuinely because it seems like a lot of people are kind of uh, doom and gloom on them, even – a lot of Patriots fans that I, that I listen to or I'm friends with. So when when they start kind of bailing on them, it is one of those things where like, oh, is people overreacting, or is that uh, it's just kind of uh, you know more of an inevitable truth here? And this is the time it comes. I'm I'm not totally sure. And so for those reasons, I, I lean with Tennessee, but I don't love them enough, or I'm not confident enough to bet against New England necessarily that I want. I won't say this is one of my stronger plays of the week, but uh, yeah, I, I lean lean Tennessee here. That's like we were going to say uh, too, yep. real quick. It's it's uh, it just seems like like you said about the people. This seems like a spot normally everyone's going to bet New England. You really you really don't get that sense because I'd be really curious to see what this look headline would have been. It seems like it probably would have been a seven if they came up with this number before uh, last week. Just really strongly, I just feel pretty strongly that'd be the number, or maybe a six and a half. But yeah, it just seems like. It's getting, you know, deflated here a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of tricky. I don't know. It seems like Tennessee's actually been more popular than I would have expected with, you know, like the Bill Simmonses of the world and people jumping on Tennessee the last handful of weeks. And they really haven't done anything that's been all that impressive. Uh, all right, on to the NFC games on Sunday. First game, the uh, 
one o'clock Eastern time. We got the Vikings heading to New Orleans, and it looks like the Saints here are seven and a half point home favorites with a total of forty nine and a half. Um, yeah, my power in here, Minnesota seven and a half, or sorry, New Orleans seven and a half. I wish it was Minnesota seven and a half. Uh, New Orleans seven and a half. Uh, the Westgate open. New Orleans eight, and the total here open forty seven. So yeah, that's like I said in the first game. This one moved here quite a bit on the total over, and something that I don't have a huge opinion on for the total. That's where I'll start. But at, at the current price, the only way I could look would be over the total. I just, I just hard for me to bet this game under. Um, I really. Really worry about the Minnesota secondary against Breeze, and then you know Michael Thomas obviously having a, a career, a career season, just uh, pretty fantastic and setting kinds of all kinds of records. But it's just hard to imagine with the with the secondary that I have, haven't really liked all year in Minnesota, specifically the last part of the season and the second half of the season. They've just been really, really liable uh, and vulnerable, and just it just seems like. And, 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 and in all reality, it seems like they played pretty well. I just they kind of surprise me every week. I know I say it at the end of each game. It seems like for the last you know month or so that I keep saying to myself, "Yeah, you know the secondary looked pretty good today." I don't. I'm kind of. I don't know if they're doing it with smoke and mirrors or if they're actually just pretty solid. But I really still don't really trust that secondary. So this will be a good, really good test for them. So I, you know, my, my the numbers tell me or the gut, my gut tells me that there's definitely going to be some vulnerability there for the secondary. So and they're going to be able to put up points. And then Minnesota, I think, is I, I don't. I, I'm I'm really not sure about the offense that. I was at that game there against Green Bay on Monday night, and it just was just a pretty pathetic effort. When a, a game that they uh, looked like it was, they were all in on, or not all in on, but they're definitely really motivated. Just looking at the players and their body language and the the, the stadium and everything, how amped up they were, it just was pretty uh, pretty pretty depressing. As good as the defense played that day too against Green Bay, and then the, the offense just couldn't do anything. And a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. So. I just, uh, yeah, from a matchup perspective, I just feel like this is really a pretty bad matchup for Minnesota. And I know I said it before the game happened and all the games on Sunday. I know people were asking me uh, over the weekend of, you know, who we want, who I wanted to play or how I wanted to shake out. And I know I said uh, pretty, pretty obvious and pretty clear to me that the last team I want to play here in the NFC is New Orleans. And uh, of course, that's who we draw. Unfortunately, from that Seattle San Francisco game, we end up uh, kind of getting the short end of the stick there. Instead of getting Seattle, we uh, have to uh, go into New Orleans. And like I said, it's just a, a big difference. I mean, just look at a point spread perspective difference. I think the point spread going into Seattle would have been about uh, either either a pick'em or maybe Seattle a short favorite, and instead uh, we have to go in and now we're you know getting more than a touchdown. Minnesota's getting more than a touchdown uh, going into the Superdome, so just a huge difference there from in terms of a chance of getting you know deeper into the playoffs and everything else. So um, with all that being said, I just I feel like it's a lot of points, so I feel like there is a little bit of value here on Minnesota. It just seems like uh, you know seven and a half, eight, not a huge difference, but if anything above a touchdown, it feels like. The only way I could look be Minnesota, but um, there's a couple other games here on the card that I'm going to look at uh, before this game. So I don't know if I'll actually have a bet on it or not, but yeah, only one way ticket here for me to bet, and that would be Minnesota. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, is it to me? I think both teams are are kind of hard teams to nail down exactly who they are. And with that being the case, I just think getting this many points seems a little crazy because I mean, New Orleans is has obviously been playing pretty pretty good football here over the last month and a half. Uh, you know, winning what six of their last seven, and uh, obviously overall thirteen and three is pretty crazy that they they didn't get a first round bye with that kind of gaudy record. But when you look at you know who they've who they've beat again, I mean maybe it just goes to show you there's not a whole lot of really good teams in the league. 
but a couple of their uh, step-up games, which I guess the Rams, that was kind of a weird game with Breeze getting hurt and they didn't even make the playoffs. But then the Niners at home, this game that went back and forth, ended up losing. Um, and then their biggest win that might have been that Texans team that I that brought up in week one. Because uh, after that, it's, you know, I guess at Seattle was a real good win. And that was with Teddy in there. And those games early in the season, it was kind of weird how this team's kind of transformed because I think they – they were pretty much like a defense first team for the most part and were fairly run heavy and conservative, I think was going to be more of their approach. And especially with Teddy in there. And then all of a sudden and the defense was playing lights out. And I thought they were a real underrated team with Teddy in there. Cause I'm like, well, once Breeze gets back and if they open up the offense a little bit more, this team could be really scary. And it's kind of worked out like that, but it seems like since Breeze has been back in the fold, the defense has kind of tailed off here and they're not, terrible by any means but I definitely don't trust them nearly as much as I did earlier in the year and I know that's they've had some injuries but if you you look at who they played here over the last handful of games it's been a lot of Panthers Falcons a couple times they had the one game against the Bucks and then you know they lost the Niners and then they beat a Colts team that you're not really sure about and a Titans team that that wasn't uh, had no no reason to try that week so I think they're good, and you know, like I said, you can only beat it in front of you, so the 13 and three record is well deserved. But I just don't know how good they are. Like if I mean, even like that that Houston schedule. Like did you did you say the strength of schedules for these two teams or no? Yeah, I was gonna say I was waiting for you to be done, but yeah, I keep forgetting here. I guess I'm out of my routine. Gets me uh, sidetracked. No, yeah, strength of schedule here. New Orleans was uh, number 13th strength of schedule, and the Vikings are the 24th strength of schedule. Okay, so I mean that just seems. I don't think the Vikings schedule is all that impressive either. They they played, you know, at the Chiefs and at the Seahawks, and uh, you know that's pretty. And then the Packers twice. Chiefs with more, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Chiefs with more. But I'm just saying from like a straight like those numbers standpoint, like I don't think they're factoring that. You don't think he factors that in? Do you in those rankings? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I know that's what I said. I don't know if these are like the absolute best, but these are simple and uh didn't do a whole lot of digging. It's just more so just to get a, a baseline. But yeah, I would I would yeah. guess no, but um I, I, I don't wanna you know, can't hold me to that because I really don't know. Yeah, for sure. So I mean just looking at the face value of the teams they played. Um, you know, the Packers twice, both those NFC East, the Eagles and Cowboys, and then the the Chiefs. It just seems like uh and, and Chiefs and Seahawks both at there. That seems like a tougher schedule to me than the Saints. Like you know, they had the Rams, to, or they had the Rams, Texans, and at Seattle as well. But other than that, and then the Niners at home. But I mean, other than that, maybe they're getting more credit for the Titans game. But I mean, they really didn't have that tough a schedule at all. And then the you know the Panthers when they played them by the end of the year were just a complete mess. And uh, the Falcons weren't all that great either. So. I don't know. I'm just not, not all that impressed by the Saints, and and they absolutely destroyed the Panthers last week against uh, Will Greer, who was a disaster every time he played a couple games he's played. And I think people are just penciling them in to the next round, and I just don't think that's the case. I think this is way more of a coin flippy game than that. Obviously, I give New Orleans a little bit of an edge with a pretty good home field, but I just I don't know. It's if I think on the flip side here, the Vikings, they've beat up on a lot of bad teams and the couple times they've been asked to step up, you know, at Seattle and, and it's the Packers they've haven't shown at all. And so I'm not saying that 
they're necessarily good enough to go on the road and, and beat a top-level team either. I just think that's both teams are kind of uh, a little bit of unknown quantities here. And and I, I just wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised really whatever outcome happened here. And the fact that people are, I, I do think that New Orleans has shown glimpses of a Super Bowl winning team. But like I said, when you actually look at what they've done, the only real good test they've had over the last three months has been San Francisco, and they lost to them in a shootout at home in a game that I actually love the Saints in and, and couldn't believe they didn't uh, pull through on that one. So uh, you know, all in all, to me, it just seems like a lot of points here and not, not going to be my favorite bet of the week because I said I do think the range of outcomes is pretty high. But I would advise I would advise staying away from a teaser here. I know a lot of people, just the natural inclination is, oh, 7.5, let's tease that down to, to one and a half, just ask New Orleans to win the game. You got Breeze against Cousins, you know, New Orleans home field. Uh, it's Sean Payton. Uh, let's do that. And you know, uh, Minnesota looked terrible against Green Bay. I just don't think. I think this is a game where the variance is high enough where I'd stay away from a tease. And yeah, I certainly won't tease the Vikings the other way. Uh, to me, it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, to me, do you take the points or you leave the game alone? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can see, see anything happening here. So I'm excited for this as a Vikings fan, even though they're seven and a half, eight point underdog. I just don't think it's, it's unwinnable by any means. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes here, especially with, I think with Cook and Thielen back and supposedly both healthy. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think you'll be able to tell fairly early on if the Vikings offense is going to have any kind of chance here, which I think they should be able to, especially going along with that over movement. But if they don't early, then it could be a real, <laughs> a real ugly game here. So we'll see how it goes, and uh, I'll definitely be cheering for the Vikes. I'm always a fan, but I'll probably end up taking some of those points and and hoping, uh, hoping it matters. All right, Sunday afternoon, last game of the week. We got Seattle heading to Philly. Uh, Seattle laying one and a half here on the road with a total of forty-five and a half. Yeah, we finally got to it here. Uh, my power rain here is a pick'em. Westgate opened, uh, Philly won, and then kind of uh, quickly got some Seattle or some Seattle money pushing into Seattle. One was kind of the the technical, not technical open, but kind of like the widely available opener, I guess I'd say. And, and then the total here opened 45 and a half. So uh, I guess I'll say it right now just before I forget. So you have the strength of schedule here. This is uh, pretty pretty crazy. You don't really see this. It's just uh, almost remarkable. I mean, you're not going to see a bigger difference in power uh, strength of schedule ratings in Seattle. Uh, toughest schedule out of anybody in the NFL, number one, uh, hardest schedule out of any NFL team this year. And then you look on the, on the other side with Philadelphia and they have the easiest schedule, number 32. So it's, uh, the hardest schedule against the easiest schedule. So this obviously is just a situation that screams Seattle from this, uh, this type of model and, and type of play. So if you just look at the strength schedule only, it's just, uh, you know, definitely Seattle. And then you get into the handicap, and like I said, it was a uh, open Philadelphia one, and I saw a pick them. This is like a, I think I got plus 105 or something on Seattle, and it just didn't make sense to me. So I bet that. I also bet Seattle at plus one with a little bit of reduced juice. It just, it just didn't seem like, uh, didn't make sense to me why Seattle was a favorite. Not that I was in love with Seattle or, or really wanting to bet that team, but it just seems like that just was, that just is a bad number is what the books put up, and then it quickly moved. I mean, even after I put my bet in, you saw it quickly go to a pick and then, you know, slowly trickling to one. Then you saw one and a half the next uh, day or so. So, yeah, just been constant Seattle money. Now it's been kind of held off a little bit now. It's kind of, uh, you know, calmed down a little bit from the market perspective. But 
I don't know. I like I told you, I think earlier in the week, it just seems like this is a game where I just won't be surprised at all if this, you know, trickled up to three or at least two and a half, uh, you know, across the board. Right now we're seeing it's kind of split between one and a half and two. But it, uh, yeah, I just won't be surprised if this keeps going a little bit higher, taking a little bit higher on Seattle. And, um, I already did release a play on Seattle here at one and a half. Uh, with that being said, I just feeling like you're going to get a good number. And again, not that I feel like even my power rating suggested this would be a pick, but it just seems like uh, the market support is just going to have nothing for Philadelphia. And not that the markets are all that high on Seattle, but when you have such a, a quarterback that's so dynamic and, and Russell, I mean, I think you saw it there in that Sunday night game against San Fran. They just had, didn't really have it in the first half and didn't really have it that game. And, and I don't know. And it could be an argument that you don't even know if they wanted to win that game, but just judging on the game that, and the game they played and how they looked, I think they definitely wanted to win. But I know some people make an argument that would they rather be at home and have the Vikings come in or would they rather go on the road to Philadelphia? Uh, from a point, point spread perspective, you might argue that it actually it would be more beneficial for them to go on the road to Philadelphia, but then you'd have to argue, you know, for future games, it's going to be a big detriment, but, um, I, I don't think that was in their mindset at all after the way the game played out, but it just, I think you got to look at the resilience and, and everything from Russell Wilson. He just, it's not that he's overly impressive, but it just seems like you always have a chance when you have him in your back pocket as, as a quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I like Philadelphia, or sorry, I like Seattle here against Philadelphia, but it just comes down to a value perspective. I don't feel like there's a ton of value at the current price. Obviously, I like it when you're catching a point or getting a plus price as a pick them, but, um, you know, still, still worth a bet, I think, at, you know, one and a half, but uh, every, every time it ticks up, I just don't think it's as good. And I I, I mostly think you're uh, getting some value here if you bet it. I guess i got to clarify. So I don't think there's a lot of value at this number, but I still think the number is going to get higher. So I think everyone's going to see Seattle, the public. I think they're going to see Seattle, and it's going to keep getting bet up to three or towards three. So I, I like at that point, I don't think there's any value, and I think it might be a play on Philadelphia. But, um, yeah, I still, I still think it's worth probably a shot here. But Seattle being a short short favorite, but uh, just comes down from a power rating perspective. On my personal ratings, it just doesn't seem like there's a ton of value in the in the in the in the line as opposed to like say Houston and Buffalo. I think there's a lot of value in Houston. So yeah, with that all being said, I, I'll take Seattle here, but uh, a little reluctant just from a, a price perspective where it's currently sitting. Yeah, I'd say normally, um, it just seems to me like this is an obvious take the home underdog. The the, you know, generally, like you got a five seed that's probably going to be hot, and everybody's going to think is a great team heading to the NFC least winner that everybody's been making jokes about and talking about how horrible that division is is the four seed, and then uh, everybody in the world's on the road favorite, and then the home dog comes through, and people are like, "Wow, you know, how, how did that terrible team from that terrible division beat this hot five seed?" And generally, I would totally agree with. Uh, you know, be or I would totally go for the the underdog in that role, but it just to me, maybe I'm falling for the trap as well here. And I'm not a I've been anti Seattle all year. I mean, we both have, and just think they are kind of a smoke and mirrors team. And I'm still not buying into them necessarily, but I just think the Eagles have been been past a point of injuries here where I just I don't know. It's just hard for me to imagine they can p- compete against decent teams. And if you look at their schedule, I mean, it's just. It's just almost embarrassing how few good teams they've played. And, you know, they, they beat the Packers in, in week four, which is, you know, a pretty good win, especially looking at how the Packers ended the season. On a Thursday nighter, though, which we always say all Thursday nighters you got to take with a grain of salt. And then they went to Buffalo and won pretty easily in a rainstorm that, again, we're, we're kind of questioning how good Buffalo actually is. So 
you gotta give them a little bit of credit. You know, maybe we we did talk about early season if if they get some of their guys back from injury and the team gels late in the season, they could be a, a pretty undervalued commodity. And I just don't think the way the season's played out and the way their injury situation looks that that's the case. Uh, unfortunately for them, it just seems to me like the people are just kind of talking about that narrative a little bit and maybe giving them a little bit of credit just for being Philadelphia and have won the Super Bowl a couple of years. Uh, the, the people aren't even a little bit more gung ho to, to, to back Seattle because I've heard a couple of people actually pick Philly and say they like them. And it just, I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem if you actually watch the way they played here. Yeah, they've won four in a row now, but it's really hasn't been impressive. It's been the Giants twice, the Redskins, and then the Cowboys team that, you know, who, who knows what you're going to get with them. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, they're quote unquote hot heading into the playoffs here, but I just, I don't buy it at all, and uh, you know Wentz has has been solid, and I think long term I definitely like him as a as a quarterback, and wouldn't mind having him as as a quarterback of the team I cheer for. But just at some point, you just have so little to work with that it's just hard for me to imagine that they're going to beat a good team. And Seattle already went in here earlier this year and won seventeen nine, so it wasn't a blowout. But is uh, Philly? Didn't really feel like they were totally in that game really ever either. And I could see kind of a similar deal here, deal here that uh, Seattle goes in there and doesn't look all that impressive, but wins a game, you know, relatively easy, but not, not by a huge margin necessarily because I think Seattle's more of a grinded out team. And, you know, I don't think their running back situation doesn't really scare me. I know people are freaking out about Lynch being back and all three of their running backs were hurt and that's going to be a huge concern. And, it's like if you're banking on running back depth to win playoff games, I think you might have bigger bigger issues than that. But I think the main thing here is just, yeah, I trust Russell Wilson pretty quite a bit. I'm not a big fan of his uh, his in-game mic'd up sounds where he doesn't say anything all day long. I'm sure it drives his teammates crazy how much of a cliche factor he is. But as a quarterback, he's, he's pretty dang good and, I, I, even though I like Wentz, obviously, uh, if you give me the option, I'd, I'd take Wilson at the moment. And just from a, from a roster talent standpoint, I just think Seattle's so much better on a lot of levels. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like to me, even though the, the value kind of points me a little bit towards Philly, I just think the, the injury situation and the strength of schedule, like, like you obviously gave the, the actual numbers for that, but just even looking at it, what they've kind of both teams have been through over the course of the season. Just seems to me like Seattle's the much superior team here, uh, even though I'm not overly enthusiastic about them. So I'm hoping uh, Seattle can blow out Philly this week. I can win some money on that, and then I'll get some value betting against Seattle next week. That's kind of the way uh, I'm hoping this is going to play out here in a perfect world. So let's keep our fingers crossed and, and make that happen. All right. Uh, any other any other thoughts on any of these games here before we do our pick of the week and finish up the pod? No, yeah, I, I guess I will say one thing is, well, it's pretty pretty cool. You see uh, all the opening numbers. Cause I know most weeks you're gonna have them, you know, the look headlines. That's like a pretty good baseline. They kind of take the number they used from the week before and and go from there, make a little bit of an adjustment, and then take some quick bets and move the number. But I think it's pretty unique here the way we see it for this wild card round in the playoffs because we don't know the we don't know the schedule. So that's the bookmaker can't really come up with any numbers until they have something from the NFL when they're playing. So that's obviously going to factor in at least marginally to the point spread. So 
kind of waited until they announced the schedule and then immediately uh, the bookmakers, uh, you know, globally and then in Vegas putting up these numbers and kind of cool seeing the first openers. Like I said, I, I had that Seattle game right away and then it moved pretty quickly. So it's kind of cool and uh, pretty interesting to watch the market move uh, immediately. Not that they're taking huge bets, but, you know, they're taking, you know, some sizable, you know, $1,000, $2,000 bets and, um, you know, pretty interesting to see the market move so quickly and, uh, you know, every, every little bet comes in for any respectable, respected better. They're going to move it there. Uh, at least marginally. So yeah, just, uh, you know, pretty interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's finish it up and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week you had, uh, the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night and by all accounts easily could cover the game, but, uh, fell inches short there. Didn't quite get it for you. So it drops you to six and 10 on the year. And I had Kansas City laying nine, which uh, barely got there and finally worked in my favor for once. And they ended up winning by ten, so I covered by a point. Uh, so that gives me to six and ten as well. So overall, we had a tie on the year for our picks of the week for the regular season. So hopefully, uh, I say hopefully we differentiate here in the postseason, but I would prefer if we both just uh, got on a run and, and uh, continue to win for both of us here. So it gives me the T-box. And yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I, I actually like. I, I think I have an opinion, a fairly strong opinion on, uh, for sure, two of these games, and maybe you know even the, even Minnesota a little bit. Uh, but let's see. I'll. I think I'm gonna take it from you, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna start it off and just uh, do Houston minus two and a half here at home. It just seems to me like it's the the best value bet on the board. Yeah, um, that'd be my play. That's my strongest play of the week, probably. Would be the Houston two and a half, and um, so, but yeah, just to, for the sake of the listeners, obviously it's not gonna be a surprise. Be pretty easy. I'm just gonna go to Seattle, and I'll take. Uh, looks like one and a half is the consensus. I'm gonna take that. Like I said, a little reluctant, but I don't really have a whole lot else to to go with here on this card. So, um, out of reluctancy, I'll just take Seattle minus one and a half. Alrighty, sounds good. Uh, that, yeah, that'll do it for the, uh, the wildcard pod. So any, any other concluding thoughts here or should we just wrap her up? No, I think ready to wrap it up. It'll be, well, like you mentioned, it's just going to be a pretty good weekend here. You'd expect these pretty competitive games here. They'll be pretty good here for the four games that we do have all in prime time Saturday and Sunday. So yeah, pretty, pretty intriguing games and pretty excited. And it's kind of nice how, like, if like Pittsburgh would have got in, for example, or like even Oakland, the far fetched uh, scenario where they get in, like, just would have been way worse. That's, I think, Tennessee. I'm not a huge Tennessee fan, but I think at least they have, uh, you know, they're good from a viewership perspective and ratings perspective. I think they definitely can give New England a good run for their money, if nothing else. So, yeah, I think every game here is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. And just even looking forward here, pretty much no matter who comes out of these games, we'll make for some intriguing matchups next weekend and uh, going forward here. So as far as playoffs go, uh, they kind of got some interesting in a little bit weird games this week in a way and uh should only get better from here on out so pretty pretty great playoff setup and uh hopefully it should be exciting and after a couple of lackluster weeks there to finish the season it uh definitely sets up here for for a good bang to finish the year off with so that'll do her for the wild card pod uh best of luck to everybody this weekend enjoy the action hopefully we got a good slate here And we'll be back next week on our normal Wednesday time to look ahead to the divisional round. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. 
Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 